What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the weekly show on the OKC82 podcast. This time, it's not from the press, unfortunately. It's in my loft apartment off 23rd Street in Oklahoma City. <laughs> but I got Chisholm Holland in the house. It's the first time I've seen you since Sam's birthday when I saw you for like five seconds outside the studio. And before then, I think maybe a week or so into the quarantine when I was filling in at the studio. Yeah. Up until then, like I haven't seen you for like two months. What's going on? Well, because I don't know, I can't speak for you, but I have like shut it down, man. Like, I'm not, if you, there's people out there who like, you know, I obviously I go to work and if you have to go to work, do your thing. But like, if I don't have to go do something, I just don't go do it. So I just hang out at my house. So truthfully, this is a weird thing. Like my wife was very surprised that I was here. She's like, you just haven't done anything in a couple of months. I was like, yeah, I know. I was like, I just, I guess like I know. So no, we are. I'm, I'm, well, first of all, I'm honored that you, you are. You broke your quarantine codes. Seriously, I mean, I've gone to my parents once, and I've gone to my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, father-in-law's once, and that's it. Yeah, like, I, I feel I feel like I kind of cheated this whole quarantine thing, first of all, because I was... You're, if Do you remember about a month before... Okay, because the where it starts for me is probably where it starts for you as well as the jazz game. Yeah. So you remember a month before, I was... I think it was at the press, actually, where I was, like, looking at Twitter, and I was seeing all this news about something called COVID-19. Yeah. And I was like, dude, this is kind of freaking me out. Mm -hmm. It's like hit, about to hit Europe and uh, they don't know what it is. They don't have a cure for it. And it's like starting to spread. And you were just like, eh, you know, if it kills me, if it's supposed to kill me, then that's what's going to kill me. You yeah. Had, you had this, you had an attitude that like, I get it. But I remember coming away from that going like, God, I wish I had a brain like Chisholm. <laughs> I wish I didn't worry about every little minute bullshit thing that, pops up on Twitter because sure. I don't know blame it I kind of blame it on being an only child I, I grew up you know with just my parents I didn't have like brothers or sisters that I had to share shit with or that was you know invading on my privacy I just basically was in my room with my own thoughts and so sometimes you kind of think the worst case scenario so I was worried about this thing for a while and then the jazz game happened and I got I got freaked out. I treated like Rudy Gobert like he was a bioweapon. I thought everybody in the arena was going to get sick. That's how yeah. That's how A, silly I was. And at the time, we didn't really know that much about it anyway. I was only going off of what we knew at the time. Then the post-game show that night was just so weird because Rudy Gobert tested positive. Tom Hanks has it. <laughs> right. What the hell is going on? The NBA season has been suspended. So I went back to my parents' house because I already knew, like, I would go crazy if I was in my apartment by myself. Mm -hmm. I don't even, I, I don't know. So if you're out there quarantining by yourself, you know, if you're just living on your own, you're not married, don't have a girlfriend, boyfriend, or whatever, shout out to you. Like, this is for you. We're trying to help yeah. entertain you as much as possible. For sure. But for sure, for sure. But Chisholm, you've also been doing a very good job on the radio with no sports. Dude. This dude. is going to be something that 30, 40 years from now, you're going to look back and say, I fucking did that. I ran yeah. a radio show for three, however so many months, with no sports. <laughs> yeah, like we, uh, at this franchise specifically, no. Like, the shoe could drop at any moment, I could get canned. And uh, I, I, honest to God, just like look at myself all the time. I go, you know what? No matter what happens the rest of my career, I could stay here and work at the franchise for the next 50 years and be very happy. I could, you know, get pushed down and work at, uh, I can't even, Foxy 92.1 in Marlowe, I think is the, <laughs> I think that's the radio station. And, you know, do that for the rest of my life. Either way, I'm damn proud of myself for doing sports radio for two and a half months. And it looks like I'm going to be a total of four and a half by the time this is all over. There you go. Of no actual sports, not counting NASCAR, but which I don't count. But. Gosh. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't find myself watching NASCAR, I'll admit. Do you know the big story of the day at the franchise for the past three days has been NASCAR? Oh, I mean, you're doing the Lord's work. Just <laughs> Wait, do you guys talk about NASCAR for like two minutes and then I, you just go into like, so Ohio State's athletic director says they're going to get 40,000 fans in the stadium. I so literally just say the big story of the day today is NASCAR here on the franchise. California says they're going to hold pro sports. <laughs> like that's the process. Like I don't God know what else damn, to do. If the hippies in California are going to do it, then hey, seriously. it's going to happen. Hey, when I saw that news yesterday, I was like, man, God bless. If that can happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we do have some news to talk about on the OKC82 podcast, and if you all remember back uh, before the dark times, before the Empire, um, Chisholm and I would meet up at the press every Wednesday, and we'd talk about Thunder stuff, you know, because that's, that's who we cover. 
we mainly would deal with like the NBA topics yeah. of the day or of the week. Dion Waiters eating gummies Deion on a plane. Dion Waiters. That happened this year. God. The season before the season was suspended feels like it was last year, like last season. Yeah. It I doesn't was... feel like it applies. It almost feels like we should be asking ourselves, um, can the Thunder afford player X now going into the next season with uh, the salary cap being in such a what the fuck's going to go on? Yeah. I was listening to a uh, a national basketball podcast, and they said something, da 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 Andre Iguodala with the Heat. And I was like, oh, yeah. Shit, that happened. Justice I'm a Winslow's- Miami Heat fan, and, I, and you just said that, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Danilo Gallinari almost got traded to the Heat. Uh, Joakim Noah signed with the Clippers the day before this all started. So I think he has the longest 10-day contract in the history of the NBA. <laughs> like, I need, I need answers on how all this is going to work, but... Like it is just, it just feels like ten years ago. It really where, does. Where is Lou Dort on his like two way contract? Where is it? Oh, I've asked. <laughs> it, John Ham comes on our show once a week, and I have asked John about Lou Dort's contract ten times. Like, just because of like, what else do I ask John? Like, you, he's here. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like when the uh, NBA and the NBA Players Association have been having their conversations, like the information that's been you know made public. You know, Adam Silver's biggest quip towards the players is like, look, guys, there's no provision for a pandemic. Yeah. You know, he says that, and you know in the next collective bargaining agreement, there's going to be a bullet point. In the event of a pandemic, this is what we will do. There has to be. <laughs> there absolutely there's has to be. now. Yeah. If only the NBA was around during the Spanish flu, like, they'd been better. We would have already had basketball by now. Did you see the picture of the Georgia Tech football stadium during the, the Spanish flu? Oh, with all the masks? Yeah. 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 And see, I, like, the Spanish flu... I, everyone I, saw that photo and, like, freaked out. I was like, oh, how weird. And I saw that, I was like, that doesn't look that bad. That was my thought. I was like, is, if that's what we all have to do, like, is that really which, that bad? Shout out to those uh, to those people, because they're sitting in an open, you know, air, open ceiling stadium out right. in the sun in Georgia. Right. And, you know... Early Jeans fall. and plaid shirts, which had nothing to do with the pandemic, just no, their style choice. Suits and fedoras, right? And masks. And have you like have you worn a mask like in public? Oh yeah, I do most of the time. Yeah, whenever I go to the grocery store, I wear a mask. And just pushing a cart up and down the aisle for about twenty to forty minutes, breathing in your own CO two or whatever the hell you're breathing in is it's not comfortable. All this shit about football players might have to wear masks under their helmets. How the hell have are, you these, seen, are these guys going to be able to play sports right. wearing a mask? Have you seen these face masks the NFL are testing that have the mask built into it? Oh, God. It's got like a... Is it it, like it a, actually doesn't look half bad. Like it's it's the chin strap, basically? Well, it goes for... It, so there's like a thing that goes from the bottom of the face mask to their chin and from the top of the face mask to right underneath their eyes. But then the front of the face mask looks totally normal. And the filters in, that pro, in, in there... So from the like, if you just see someone wearing it, you would have no clue that it's a different helmet. Yeah, it looks totally normal, but like that would be the kind. I don't know. I think all this stuff is interesting. And I think weird. It, I think it's just the natural processes our brains have to take before we get to. Because again, it's May, and he, like even like that's football season. This is an NBA podcast. The NBA, if they are able to come back, that's not until late July. We still have. All of two this, months, yeah. We have all this month, all of June, and then July, and then even when they're practicing, when they go through their training camp, apparently, and that's in assuming June, no hiccups too, by the way. Yeah, of course. Um, if they're able to go through their practices in June, I'm not expecting them to have like open media availability, and I, I really no. wonder how that's going to go. No, I wonder if it's go- well, because I would imagine they'd have to adhere to the same media guidelines and the same media rules that they would have in the season. If they're practicing at home, you would know better than I would as far as like the legal. I would just imagine that they would have to do the same things that they were trying to do going into that week before they ultimately start well, the season where they'd have players come in and sit at a pre- like a press conference podium and all the media was like, you know, six feet. Or well, then all so the media back. are all. Yeah. So basically no more scrums, no more locker room access. Yeah. But even in that situation, the media are all kind of congested. I, my first thought, and I've said this on the air and Sam just thought I was might as well speak in Korean is I think they're just going to do like a pool reporter like they do with the, the officials, right? Like in the M- NBA, no one actually talks to the officials besides one pool reporter. Yeah. And everyone just funnels their questions to them. And that person asks basically just a list of questions. I, I It's very uncomfortable. I've done it before. Yeah, my yeah. thought is that they're literally just going to send, you know, hey, here's the email where you send your questions to. In the subject line, put what player? 
and just have one pool reporter who's just asking all the questions. Like I, I have to assume it's going to be something like that. That or some like Zoom thing. I like, see the Zoom thing. I did. I yes, I thought that, but that just seems like because it's, like, it's a technological element to it mm-hmm. that there's just margin for error there. I think it's just going to be pool reporter. I really do. And I'm basing it off of literally nothing other than my own intuition. Yeah, because... And, and look, no one gives a shit about, like, oh, what's what's the media's role going to be in this? Like, they're going to be able to stream the games. They're going to be able to air the games. Right. Um, like, the NBA, like, as they're trying to figure out how they're going to do this, that's very much a part of the process because um, what the Thunder were... What game 64 would have uh, was the Boston Celtic game, right? Because they were 40 and 24, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. So they have seven more games left until they hit the 71 game threshold, which is a big number. Yes. Uh, so if they hit 71 games, they get the, the every team gets a TV contract if they play 71 games. Yeah. So basically, the entire league is anywhere from six to what? What did you say on the so radio? Six to ten. So basically, six to ten games to get your your TV money to get all that contract stuff. So. Uh, TV and being able to broadcast these games and whether, whether it's just Disney World or Disney World in Vegas, that's going to be a part of the process. So you're going to be able to watch games as a fan. We're going to be able to watch games as like fans and media. So who really cares? But at the same time, like I kind of want to be able to do my job. But um, I guess the main point of this podcast is just all this that we're kind of talking about is the NBA is finally... Because it seemed like two weeks ago we were like, they're talking about talking. That's... That's progress. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're, we're going to like make, we're going to start talking like in a few weeks. And then we had like the, um, the superstar elite of the elite, the Mount Rushmore of the current NBA. Let's um, hope not. <laughs> had the zoom. Well, James Harden wasn't there. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> he true. was, he was social distancing at a strip club with a mask on. I'd imagine. No Joel Embiid either. Was, there's funny people who are missing. He was hurt. Call. Yeah. You notice all the clowns, like all the guys who have like have big person, Jimmy Butler, not there. Oh God! No one yeah. would know what well, he would have said. Butler would have just told someone to fuck off. And right. Zoomy would have just crashed. Right. <laughs> yeah. Is I'd... T.J. Warren here? Yeah. <laughs> Shout out T.J. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. I for me, like, I'm just pumped that there's like a, a like dates and months being said and like general week guidelines. Up until this point, I mean, it's been two and a half months of just like guesswork and no hard information and everything's ambiguous and no one knows anything. And as you mentioned a couple weeks ago, it was like, ah, they're starting to like say words to each other. I talk about the, the league and the players. I mean, three weeks ago, I can seriously remember a story being written that the idea had just occurred. If they reopened, what would they do if someone got it? As you mentioned right at the top. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, if we're just now crossing that threshold of that conversation, like we're miles away. But uh, I mean, just now that there's dates and times and guidelines that I know it's two months away, but it. There, there's something. There's light at the end of this tunnel, almost in that regard. Um, is it the safest way to do it? I have no freaking clue. Is it the best way to do it? I have no freaking clue. But I can't tell you. I'm, I'm excited. There's gonna be basketball. Like I'm just excited. There's gonna be sports. Yeah, and I mean, it's weird because what was it? Was it three or four weeks ago where Presty had his press conference? It was something like that. It was like yeah, three weeks ago. Three I think. weeks ago, and then. Maybe two weeks before that was Chris Paul's media availability with mm-hmm. us. That How come w- no one else has had new media availability, by the I've way? Why is it Billy just Chris? Don- I've asked for Billy Donovan. Yeah. And, I mean, not just, like, in a while. I want Deontay Burton. <laughs> like, what does Deontay <laughs> oh, have to say? I asked for Deontay Burton for a podcast, like, uh, right when this started. Like, hey, if he's bored, he's already said he wants to jump on again. Yeah. Um, but, of course, you know, the, the Thunder. You know, the, Give them their space, I guess. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Um, but... When we talked to Chris Paul like over a month ago, that's when I was, I was starting to get a little bit kind of accustomed to li- like life as it was at the at the time, mm-hmm. and then starting to be less scared and less worried. And well, maybe we can get basketball and sports going at some point in some weird new reality. Then we talked to Chris Paul, and he was just like, "Guys, I wish I could tell you stuff. Like, I we just don't know. We haven't talked. Yeah. There's been nothing." Um, we need at least four weeks to prepare. Like if they're like, all right, we're going to start on this date. If yeah. they give us two to th- two weeks, like that's not enough time. It just the pessim- the pessimism in his voice and the unknowingness in his words. That's when I was like, there's no way in hell they're like, we're ever going to have basketball this, this year. Right. And then we talked to Presty and really wasn't that much more like either way. And then it was just all of a sudden, like, oh, yeah, like the, all the superstars got together on a Zoom meeting and they're like, we want to play. That's when I was like, all right, if they want to do it, 
That's all I needed to hear because they're if they wanted to make it happen, they want to make it. Imagine if Kevin Durant or LeBron James or Chris Paul said, "I don't want to play. Like I, the risks are too high. I don't want to risk my family yeah. or whatever, or I don't want to be sequestered like, from my family for three months." Exactly, and that's all Chris Paul's talked about since he's been with the Thunder. Man, it's just so hard being away from my family because apparently they can't live in Oklahoma City. But uh, <laughs> not a goal. Hey. <laughs> Don't but this the school system, right? And then LeBron went to Heritage Hills or oh, Heritage yeah. Hall. He, he it was did, like, no, this he, isn't good enough. He did his due diligence. He did. <laughs> Checked it all out. Sent somebody in here, representative. Yeah, but if one of the that's super, most ludicrous story that's ever happened in Oklahoma State. I have I have someone that tells me like they swore to God that LeBron's people were here. I, I, and like this is somebody that I trust. This is somebody that I've trusted I, in the last few months with some news pertaining to yeah. the pandemic that's been, you know he's 100% right the whole time and i'm just like i guess sources can't always be 100% true <laughs> i think he was probably just misled yes no but um going back to the zoom meeting with the superstars if one of them said no i, I just that's how fragile this is and this just kind of speaks to how like they run the league well i mean i'm trying to think how i'm going to put this lightly uh, it's just a podcast. I don't have to put it lightly. No, um, yeah, say fuck. No, no, no. I mean, we all see the timing here, right? This is the first paycheck they've gotten since this pandemic, and they agreed to a 40% pay cut. Three like, days this- later, three days later. <laughs> we have a public duty to perform. <laughs> we suddenly have movement. I'm just saying they've gotten paid once, and three days later, all of a sudden, things are going in the right direction God. as far as league opening back up. And I'm not saying that they're wrong for doing that. I have had to take a pay cut at my job. Yeah. You know, like, that sucks. If they told me if I could, if I just had to do, like, I filled in for the V for a week. If, Chisholm, if you start doing the V every day, we'll give you that money. I would get, I would go do the V every week and get the money back. Yeah. Like, i not besmudging them for that, for that fact, but it is a f- timing coincidence that they get paid once at the 40% pay cut rate, and then all of a sudden we have movement. And they're just like, oh, fuck this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, because uh, twenty-five to forty percent pay cut. Um, wasn't it just twenty-five? I thought I think it was, it was just... twenty-five right when the pandemic started, and then they had to bump down to forty here recently. Yeah, that's. Um, I mean, because like there was a story about Chris Paul who missed out on six hundred thousand dollars in this last check. Yeah, and look, like I get fans that would say that's just not even a drop in the bucket for Chris Paul, and it's like Chris Paul makes money elsewhere, but I have no doubt that his money elsewhere is also being affected. So this is, and it's not really just in the short term. I think they kind of understand that if they don't return to play this year, oh, yeah. then next season, whenever that's able to, like whether it's on Christmas Day or sometime in late winter, early spring in 2021, if they don't play this year, they're they're financially fucked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the, the cap, would they, they would either have to flatten it somehow, uh, kind of like they did not do famously whenever Kevin Durant went to Golden State, well, or I mean, they'd have to take the one-year hit and let it plummet, and then at that point, the league is just in shambles for, I mean, two to three years as they try to recover. And I'm just mean because the contracts would be so funky. Uh, the other thing that John and I talked about today, John Ham on the radio, is that, like, players who signed rookie-scale extensions this past summer, Jalen Brown, Pascal Siakam, so on and so forth, those are not, like, they put their pen to paper and this is the dollar amount they're going to receive. They put their pen to paper and said, I'm going to receive this percentage of the salary cap in the following year, and then it'll be based off of that. Yeah. So Pascal Siakam is expecting $110 million. If the salary cap plummets, he could be getting 70 Yeah. because it bases it off the first year that this extension kicks in. And so that's a great deal for the Raptors all of a sudden, but that obviously screws Pascal. Um, so, I mean, there's just a thousand different elements of how this affects, and I think the players are smart enough to be aware of what that those ramifications would be for someone even like Danilo Gallinari, who's an unrestricted free agent this summer. If the cl- the cap plummets, less money to go around, less money for Danilo. So I think they know that it's in their best interest, fi- especially financially, obviously, to try to get back to some semblance of normal, to try to recoup some of that and lessen that burden. Yeah, and God, like it, it's so hard because, like, you know, in this job, even when you don't want to, you have to still kind of predict things. And you've se- we've seen enough basketball, we've seen enough sports, we've seen this league enough to kind of make estimated guesses. But at the same time, like when we're making guesses and predicting things, we kind of know as it's coming out of our mouth, it's like, eh, I don't think, you know, it's probably yeah. not going to happen. In the famous words of Colin Cowherd, it's 
it, it's accepting the fact that you know nothing, but trying to convince everyone listening that you know everything. Exactly. Yeah. And with this, I, there are just so many scenarios like it's it's impossible to ha- wrap my hat my head around them. Yeah. To the point where I'm like, okay, I can kind of wrap my mind around how it could affect the schedule potentially. Maybe like we can start doing things a little bit differently. Maybe we can start thinking about well, let's do this. Let's start the season off from here. Do this shit over here. Um, maybe it works out that way. But like financially, how do players even react? Like, does this af- does this affect anything? Like, what could this possibly affect? Like the status quo yeah. as the status quo as we knew it w- was small market teams had trouble keeping their superstar players. Players were tending to basically tamper in order to create super teams a few years down the road mm-hmm. agents would kind of help no out olympics this year so we'll, we'll have a pause on that there you go yeah but i i wonder like there's just no way with all this change that things go back to normal i don't know man uh truthfully i i, I have no clue of what's going to happen um my initial reaction is that there'll be some short-term ramifications from this and just as I kind of mentioned, I think financially those would be the big reasons. Like if the salary cap plummets one year, then all of a sudden a lot of people are going to be opting into player options that you normally thought they'd be opting out of. Anthony Davis, Gordon Hayward, guys like that I think would be opting in yeah. because they want to secure that money and then try to go into free agency the next year. Um, and in the long term, like I said, pe- people like Pascal Siakam would probably be underpaid. Jalen Brown would probably be underpaid. Um, and those kind of ramifications would be ex- would exist and, Someone like Brandon Ingram, who did not sign a contract extension famously, would look like a genius. Yeah. <laughs> um, all that being said, things could go back to normal. Things could be totally different. Um, I'm I'm open to either one. Um, but I don't. I think would really when this gets down to it, eventually, I mean, the coronavirus, whether it lasts the next six months or it lasts the next six years. Um, just depending on whenever a vaccine, I mean, that'll be the final nail in the coffin, right, of this virus, where we don't have to even think about it anymore as a vaccine. Um, after that point, I would like to think that things would get back to normal. Like, things would just, the, the league would continue to run the same. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe maybe it's because we live in Oklahoma. Maybe it's because I'm, I'm thinking really only in short-term windows right now where I'm like, okay, basketball could come back, you know, next month in terms of players like being back and practicing, and then we can have the following month basketball. So I'm just kind of becoming of the mind that it'll be fine. We will be fine. Yeah. Human beings will overcome. They've, uh, fortunately in human history, we've had worse pandemics. Sure. We have still soldiered on as a species. So I have no doubt that we will be fine. Yeah. But that's uh, cockroaches, man. They were kind of killing it. Oh, there you go. Those yeah. guys survive everything. Those little bastards. Yeah. No, but I guess the other, the other thing about um, what's been going on is just like we've been kind of talking about is they actually kind of have a plan. Yeah. And yes, like it's the correct mindset of not if a player tests positive for coronavirus, what do we do? It's when a player tests positive mm-hmm. for coronavirus, because um, even, it's nature. It's a virus. Like we can't control it. We can mitigate it well, as much as possible. People like to say the bubble thing, and I'm, they think they should bubble. They should bubble hard. But there's got to be housekeeping, right, at these hotels that they're staying at. There yeah, has there, to be people there working there at the restaurants. Like uh, what was it? Zach Lower Windhorse put out that ESPN article about a month ago about just how many people would have to be involved in this. It's not just players, coaches, officials. Yeah, team staff, all that stuff. Yeah, and then you've got camera crews, audio crews. That that's about. When ESPN comes to your city to televise a game, they bring about anywhere from 30 to 50 people. Right. And that's, inclu- that's including, like, the broadcast team. Right. So, like, God, I don't even want to think about football right now, how many people that's going to be in one stadium. That's just a stupid amount of people. Right. Um, but, yeah, th- the amount of people for this to work is still so astronomically high. And it's the right – it's just – it's, frankly, just the right mindset. What do we do when someone tests positive? Because if we're going to come back – we can't just have the cautious optimism of maybe no one will get hurt, maybe no one will get sick, and then someone tests positive, and then you just shut it down. You cannot resume and then shut down again. Yeah. You will kill your product. You will kill your fan base. The casual fans who are you – know, You think of, so? Do you I, think? I think so. Oh, man. If I, they, I, th- I think – If think, they reopen – If you just look at it like as a customer service perspective – 
Think about when restaurants open in a certain spot, and then they're there for three months, and then they close down. Yeah. And then another thing pops up in there. Are you going to go to that restaurant, even if it's something that, like, oh, I love Chinese food. Would you go in there, even though that three months ago it was something else, three months before that it was something else? Like, the inconsistency, I feel like, is going to affect what the NBA has been trying to do is just, like, grow and grow and grow and get that casual fan who yeah. who basically will tell us when we're talking basketball during football season that it's football season, it's not basketball season, even though they're playing basketball. Yeah, we need to talk about the season starting in December, <laughs> um, just as a note. But I would tell you that I think there's going to be a segment of the population, because I interact with them every day on the radio, that like NBA basketball more now than they did three weeks ago, because they found out that they're coming back. And they have... That's true. They have a mindset that reopening the league and playing games again is a sign of toughness. And if you want to say that's fair or not, I, I'm fine to have that conversation. I know basketball, uh, but basketball be, players have a basketball as a league has a finesse reputation. Yeah. And so them opening back up and opening up with the, the vigor that they want to, and apparently all the players being kind of on the same side of this argument, is going to win some people over. It's also going to push some people away. I think at the end of the day, if things went sideways and blew up and you know hundreds of players ended up having the virus and they had to shut down the league again, because I don't think they're going to shut it down for one or two players. If hundreds of players had the virus, I think there would be a segment of the population who would commend them for trying. And there would be a segment of the population who would say, you idiots, you should have known what was going to happen. And I think it's a wash. Oh, people are going to bitch. Yeah, I think it's a wash. And I will say this. I try my best not to give my opinion on how people should act or feel ever. Like I hate when people do that on the radio. I hate when people do that on any platform. This is how you should yeah. react. I will say this though. If anyone bitches about, Oh man, these guys look so washed. Oh man, these guys are so out of shape. If anybody bitches about the product after these guys have been sitting out for two and a half months before they got back onto a floor as a team again, then fuck you. You're an idiot. Really? You, you cannot be, you will not be entertained. Think, you Nothing will satisfy you. You are just a troll if you bitch about players like dribbling balls off of their foot oh, more no, no, frequently no. Yeah, than yeah, they yeah. would if there was no pandemic. Sloppy play, I think people have an open mind about. Um, I think if a guy comes in and he's 60 pounds heavier than he was when he left, I think that'll be open for ridicule and probably rightfully so. Really quick, who's probably the most out of shape besides Deion Waiters? In the league? Who's, who's not even on a team anymore. Was he with Memphis? Yeah, he got bought out. Remember everybody wanted him in Oklahoma City? Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, right. He got bought out, and he had two years left on his deal, so Memphis is paying him his full contract next year not to play. <laughs> um, is the he is the capitalist of the NBA. No joke. That dude gets every dollar he's worth. Um, <laughs> the, the one I'm terrified for is Jokic. I talked about this on the air today. Oh, I did. Oh, Jokic famously funny. drinks liters and liters and liters of Coke during the offseason. That guy has been sitting on his couch eating cheese balls, watching – Eating cheese balls, eating ho-hos, and watching Rick and Morty while putting an IV of Coca-Cola into his bloodstream every day. Like, that guy, he is going to be huge. Or he's going to be crazy in shape and everything. He's the one I actually do worry about. As far as a superstar player on a good team that should make noise, that this all would really affect. I think I think Nikola Jokic is the obvious choice. You do know that the day that um, Steven Adams' metabolism just says, all right, you're... Oh, dude, you're, he's gonna like a balloon, now. bro. He's gonna be a balloon unless he seriously changes his, his diet habits. But he's uh, good thing is he lifts so much, and so all that protein just turns into muscle. And he's like, what? Is he twenty five? Twenty six. Twenty six. Good God. Yeah, I think he's a year younger than me. Don't hold me to that. He might be twenty five. Um, and I guess like since we kind of have a plan moving forward, it's it's still not official. But do you you th you agree though that if a player tests positive, they're not going to shut the whole thing down for one oh, guy? Oh no, I don't think they should. Yeah, yeah. But it, then like the question would then be because I think when people think about if a player tests positive, they're not thinking about Deontay Burton. I mean, no offense to Deontay Burton, but a guy at the end of the bench. Um, because the other hope is hopefully by then, because the other thing that kind of helps out the NBA is with every week, with every day, with every month, we get more information, we get more data, which then we can interpret and then make a plan moving forward. Sure. And then also technology improves, maybe testing improves, the amount, the quality. Um, my mom at her job last week took a 45-minute test. She took it. 45 minutes later, she got a result. Was it true? I mean, that's the question. It's like uh, there was a problem. Did in this they country. buy it on Amazon? Yeah. Like the problem is, is um, like a lot of false positives with the testing in the country. So – um, even if they're able to get a quick test where if someone tests positive, you won't take like two or three days to get your results back. Right. And in the meantime, there was a game scheduled at that time. 
because that's what I'm thinking about. But when fans are thinking about when a player tests positive, they're thinking about LeBron James or Giannis, Russell, yeah. Chris Paul, that level of player. Right. Because then your brain kind of goes like, what if we're in the playoffs and LeBron tests positive and can't play for two weeks and that's the series? I think you just have to – it's like LeBron twisting his ankle. I think it's just the only way you have to handle it. Or uh, We're or, at the point now, to your point, that we could test pretty quickly. And yeah. so I think if a player tests positive, they would just have to test the entire team. And, and they'll get private testing. Right. They'd have to test the entire team almost immediately. And then, okay, I'm sorry, Rudy Gobert, you suddenly have the second case of coronavirus. You can't play in the series. Like, I you, just think that's how they have to handle it. We're actually going, Rudy, we're going to take you somewhere, and you're going to be studied. Yeah, <laughs> like, you, you clearly have an issue. Uh, I just think that's the only way you can handle it. Because there's going to be an asterisk on this season, no matter what they do. They could wait seven more years and then finally play it, and there would still be an asterisk. So, like, there's just no getting around it. So, at that point... You just kind of have to accept the fact that there's going to be margin for error. So if the Bucks beat the Lakers in the finals and nobody had tested pot, like if the Lakers and the Bucks go through a seven-game series, no one gets sick. Yeah, there's going to be an asterisk. Well, no, like the Bucks will beat the Lakers. Is LeBron going to go up to the podium with like a respirator? Like, oh, y'all didn't even know, but I actually had coronavirus this yeah, whole time. <laughs> probably. <laughs> like the broken wrist. Dude, that <laughs> it was a broken hand. That guy's a clown. My legacy is secure, everybody. I played with the coronavirus. Uh, there's been two moments in my life where I feel vindicated that Michael Jordan is clearly the greatest player of all time. This is timely now because of the last this dance. Is bu- noted Bulls fan, Chisholm Yeah, Holland. well, th- th- you can't argue with this. The broken hand thing was the that most... That was weak. It was weak. The w- most horseshit garbage thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, and the second thing is obviously the Dallas series. No, let's, let's talk about LeBron because that's actually a good topic, and it's something that pisses me off all the time. Okay. Um, I agree with you, Michael Jordan is the unquestioned greatest basketball player of all time. Sure. Um, Unless somebody uh, wins seven championships without having lost a a finals. Yeah. And then can affect the game globally to such a level that had never been done before, which I don't know if technically can be done because Mike already did it. Mm -hmm. Larry and Magic kind of helped it out. And Michael really pushed it over the top in terms of global uh, popularity. Yeah, well, I think it's such a different game now. I mean, you could almost make a case that globally, pe- more people know Kevin Durant now than Michael Jordan then. That's true. Like, my point is, what Michael Jordan did from, like, where he picked up the NBA and where it went, I don't yeah, know yeah, if there's going to be an astronomical jump. There'll never be something. a jump like that ever yeah. again. So, unless someone does that, Michael's going to be the greatest of all time. So, that's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, I mean, someone could go ahead and win seven championships for all I care, and then you can have that argument. Robert Orr did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Robert Ory, man. He's <laughs> talking about who's won NBA championships is my favorite piece of trivia because it's like the 60s Boston Celtics. It's like it, it's 10 of them. Yeah. Okay. Go watch Michael Bill Jordan Russell is 12. Highlights. Robert Ori is number 11. He go has watch seven. Bill chair. Russell highlights. Bill Russell's a great player. He's great. Are one you of the about, greatest to, are you about to talk shit on go Bill Russell? Watch players he's playing against. Bill Simmons, who's a Celtics homer, even talks about this. He's playing against like five foot 11 white guys. Hey, Will Chamberlain. And Wilt Chamberlain, who was just kind of a stat chaser until he realized things. And then he turned to a stat chaser looking for assists, and then a stat chaser looking for free throw percentage, <laughs> and then a stat chaser looking for rebounds. Yeah, Big Russell Westbrook fan, I'd imagine. Oh, they are very similar. No. Um, no, so, okay, LeBron. Unquestioned greatness on the floor. It took me a long time to really recognize it. Um, if I'm repeating myself, I'm sorry. Like, group Heat fan, once the Thunder got here, I kind of, like, rooted for both teams when LeBron went to the heat I was like screw this like I'm, I'm done I can't root for this I don't like LeBron Dwayne Wade what is what have you become uh you trainer LeBron like really rubbed off on Dwayne so like Dwayne got uber dramatic and uber like petty I just mm-hmm. didn't like it so I went all in with the thunder then the thunder lose to uh the heat and I was like well this is kind of weird LeBron then gets annoyed as the greatest player in the in the world, and then that's when I kind of started to understand, like, okay, like I see it now. Like, yeah. I may not like what he says, or I may not like how he conducts himself, and not that he's a bad guy. He's just petty and has. My problem is he tries so hard to cultivate his legacy, and some of it isn't his fault. It's not his fault that at 14 years old he was told that he was going to be the next Michael Jordan and ESPN was televising his fucking middle school games. That's not his fault. Yeah. But the constant reminder of like, I'm the best, right? I'm this like that vindication. The reason why Thunder fans, you don't like Kevin Durant 
you can blame a lot of it on LeBron because he set the precedent for you have to cultivate your legacy. So all this this fucking load management shit that annoys people, this I'm going to unfollow the Cavs even though I follow like I play for the Cavs, um, wearing a, a like a a, ca- a cast on your wrist after losing in the finals after you just yeah. got beat up and down the floor by a better team, like all that shit gets on my nerves. Because it's like just play the game, like. Not shut up and dribble, not that. But when you're playing the game, play it. If you lose, guess what? You weren't good enough. Yeah, the world understands that it's not fair that you're playing against the Warriors. Like, yeah. it's not fair that Kevin Durant was soft and jumped over there. Like, no one gave you a chance, LeBron. No one's going to hold that against you. That you, how dare you not be able to beat the Warriors? Michael Jordan would have. Like, no one's going to give you that. But the constant cultivating of his legacy is what really annoys me about him. Yeah, he's just hyper self aware. Like he just he just knows the image he's putting forward at all times, and so uh, it's different. It's very very different. It rubs a lot of people the wrong way, and some people from the outside looking in love it. Like you know what I mean? Like casual basketball fans, I assume, um, probably are all about LeBron James because that's all they know is kind of the image that he puts forward, and that's a good one. The one thing I will commend LeBron James on is that he has been, to your point, in the center focus of the sports world since he was 15 years old. Yeah. Cover of ESPN Magazine, uh, famously got a tattoo on his back that says the greatest uh, at 15. Like he, I mean, he has put some pressure on himself from the jump. And he's he's answered it. And he's never had anything off the floor. Exactly. No, Nothing. Like, that's what I said. He's, he's not a bad guy at all. I like that he speaks his mind about things off the floor. I, I like when athletes basically show us what they're thinking. But we don't about, even have like a video of in. like, here's LeBron hammered drunk at a bar in Cleveland on yeah. a Tuesday. Like we don't have any, like just, we don't have like, Charles Barkley level stuff where people are like, ah, Charles parties a lot. Like we don't even have one of those events. Like I wouldn't say Baker Mayfield is a bad guy in in terms of him, like that he's going out breaking laws all the time, but he's got a reputation and we have him on video running from cops. Right. So it's like LeBron doesn't even have that. Right. So, I mean, that's the one thing I got to commend him on, man. It's uh, to be in the center focus like that. And just really truthfully, the only mistake he's ever made is deciding to host a, TV show announcing he's going to Miami and donating money to the Boys and Girls Club. Outside of that, like, I mean, squeaky. God, and, and the jump to the heat has just aged like wine. The what? The, the, his jump to the heat has aged like wine, I feel like. Because people are looking at it with the broader perspective of, like, Kawhi and Paul George or Kevin Durant. You don't think this stuff is a little cyclical, though? I think eventually in 10 years we'll have people just staying on one team, and then 20 years from that people will be jumping all around again, and then 20 years from that – this stuff, it, it's just trends. I have no doubt that players are seeing what's going on with Kevin Durant, and they might think twice about if they have the opportunity to... Now, if they're playing on a team that's not good, if they're if they're playing it with an organization that is not surrounding them with talent, people understand why you jump from a small, a small market team to a better team. Yeah. If LeBron had just simply signed with the Heat, no one really would have cared to the point that they did. Cavs fans would have been upset, obviously. Thunder fans would have been upset, obviously, if Kevin Durant left. Right. But the way that he did it is, like, as everyone says, the way he did it sucked. But um, Did that bother you at the time? Truly, it did, I, not, I bo- mean, it did it, not bother it, me it at all. It bothered me just because he was going to my favorite team, and I didn't like him. <laughs> yeah, see, but like, yeah, the TV show thing did not the bother me at all. The TV show didn't bother me. Um, it's like I already had the opinion that LeBron was full of himself, so I was like, this is, this is you know, he's on brand right now. It just looked like a kid who's like committing to Oklahoma, to me. Yeah, like it looked like a, and again, like he didn't go to college. He didn't have that. He didn't have that opportunity to be recruited. So yeah. I understand that. I would imagine that if big time radio stations wanted my, you know, employment ship or whatever, I would be like, this is kind of cool. You know, yeah, I like that big people want me. But um, no, like with the last dance, I think it was. Very much needed, just from the standpoint of a lot of Twitter stands out there that are 13, 14 years old and have all the access in the world to like go watch Michael Jordan highlights. Or no, you there's full games the, on YouTube. You have all the access to read like all the literature surrounding the league at the time to have a better understanding and yeah. perspective. But I know people don't want to do that all the time. But LeBron versus Michael Jordan thing, I think, was just. If it was alive, and I know it was, but in my mind it wasn't, it was silenced by the last dance. <laughs> yeah, just, 72% of Americans agree with you. We'll see yeah. what happens now. Yeah, and then, like, that's the other thing. I think that's what kind of got me fired about Le- when you mentioned LeBron was um, I saw something on ESPN's Instagram where LeBron was talking about it, and he was just he was describing Michael Jordan, and then it just went into me, 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 me mode. 
Did you see that he's thought he, he, he just can't compliment Michael Jordan without it being like how Nah, it, man, he's competitive. I don't know. I, I guess. I don't know. It doesn't to me if I'm LeBron James, like Michael Jordan's just an old guy. He's a shitty owner who owns a shitty team. I mean, he, I don't have to play him. He would have been what ten? Michael's kind of making his run. I mean, he was eighteen in two thousand three. Michael had retired for good in oh two. Yeah, oh two from the Wizards. Yeah, so ninety eight obviously. He'd so been like. 11, 12, 13. Yeah, so be like, yeah. Final three-peat. So, be like, that that second three-peat, he would have been really about 10 when it started. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, stuff like that just doesn't bother me. Oh, really? I think, it's, I think some of it's really, really silly, but it, it doesn't really make me mad ever. Well, really quick then, uh, since we mentioned the last dance, any uh, anything you wanted to see? Because there's, there's really, in my opinion, there's only one thing that that documentary needed, but they, they'd have no way to get it. It's just Jerry Krause. Jerry Krause. Yeah. And that's, you know, of course, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I think Zach Lowe, actually, I was listening to a podcast yesterday or today. Was it Barkley? I see. I can't remember. But it's all he's talked about lately is last day. So it's hard for me to pick out which one it was. I had to take Mark Stein off a of notification. Like, like any time, like the, when the last dance was on, it was just like a schoolgirl was like, oh, man, this is my favorite. And he just boom, 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 all these. Yeah. Like, remember this? And I was just like, all right. All right. Yeah. Um. I think uh, my it's not what I it's not what I wanted truthfully, as a, really yeah it was you didn't want a Michael Jordan circle jerk ah uh, well yes um, <laughs> but a different version um, it was uh, it was really enlightening it was uh, it was very fun to kind of live through that nostalgia uh, of something I didn't actually experience like I don't remember mm-hmm. um, any of those games being played. I don't remember any of those arguments. I don't remember any of those storylines. It's just stuff I've read in books and I've watched on YouTube and stuff. I, people have told me, um, not a, not a lot of new information, which is what I was wanting, right? A lot of stories behind the scenes stuff that we haven't been told before. Like the pizza story was this big thing. I knew that, like I knew that he ate a pizza and he didn't have the flu. Like I was fully aware. Um, Zach Lowe basically said that this was Michael Jordan's book, right? Phil Jackson retired. He wrote a book. Kobe Bryant retired. That's a good he wrote a book. Yeah. You know, Scottie Pippen retired. He wrote a book. Dennis Rodman retired. He wrote a book. Uh, Michael Jordan never wrote a book. He never put it in publication. There's no book out there that says a title by Michael Jordan and then and the person who actually wrote it. Yeah. That doesn't exist for him. And this was his book. And if you look at it from that perspective, then you just have to realize, like reading Eleven Rings by Phil Jackson that you and I just read, is this is going to be like 75% true, 25% embellishment. And like, as long as you walk into it that, you're going to be okay. Truthfully, I was just looking for more behind-the-scenes stuff, stories I hadn't heard before, mm. um, and just, you know, new information. Yeah, because a lot of the cool things from the documentary were just clips. You know, the, like, I mean, the video of him crying on the floor after the that first... That was... And then, because that was kind of juxtaposed with uh, him talking about um, like the sacrifices he had to make in order to be great. Like, yeah. Like I, you know, didn't have, maybe a lot of my teammates thought I was an asshole, but I didn't fucking ask them to do anything I wasn't doing. And then he got kind of emotional talking about it. And it's like, man, that's well, like that to me was cool because it seemed very genuine. It didn't seem like Michael Jordan. Like he does not strike me as the type of guy that is like, I'm going to like throw some tears on here no. because like of the moment, no. like, his trainer, his trainer struck me as a, like, I'm going to be uber dramatic. And oh, his trainer was trying to get people to remember his name. And overstate my importance yeah. here. Yeah. Um, because I don't know if, like, I don't know how people, what people think about food poisoning, but if you eat a pizza at 1030 and then you wake up at 230 throwing up, I don't think you got food poisoned from the pizza. I think it takes a little bit longer than that. I could be wrong. I don't know. I, I've, truthfully, I've, I've never actually confirmed I've had food poisoning. I've just gotten really sick and just blamed it on food poisoning. It's them Utah pizza boys. Yeah, maybe it is. <laughs> maybe it is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It like it was. Uh, Utah has been. I just realized Utah has been employing biological warfare since the '90s. Has anyone had a worse <laughs> quarantine than the Utah Jazz? Seriously. Rudy Gobert got the coronavirus. Donovan Mitchell got the coronavirus. Now they hate each other. All of those rumors about they're going to have to trade one of them because they hate each other. Boyan Bogdanovich got hurt, and now he's out for the rest of the season that we just found out is coming back two days after Boyan Bogdanovich announced that he was hurt. I know, and it's a wrist injury, and depending on when the NBA season returns for 2020-2021, 
He could miss part of that season, too. Yeah. And then you add on to the fact that they just got dunked on for like the last three episodes of the Last Dance documentary. Like Jazz fans have just got to be like reveling in like hatred right now, everything yeah. going on. Yeah, all NBA, all NBA TV needs to do now is just like, now we're going to now air that random game where that fan yelled at Russell Westbrook. Right. Oh, <laughs> I've, I've just, I don't know why this jog my memory. We need to talk about basketball starting in December. Oh, yes. The 2020-2021 season is supposed to start in December. Sometime around Christmas. I think that's where it should have been starting for the past 45 oh, years. I've said it, you know, ever since I got into basketball. Like, why don't they do this? Um, because less people watch TV in there during that time. That's what I've always been told. I, I get it. But if the NBA just treated Christmas Day, I mean, they kind of treat it like it's their version of football on Thanksgiving. Like, it's... Yeah, you know, basically. You, you go to your families, you go to your grandparents or whatever for Christmas Day, and you turn on the TV and you've got basketball on all day long. Right. And it's like, yes... Just like we have to watch the fucking Detroit Lions every year. We have to watch the New York Knicks and then, like, piss around. But um, The Lakers for a long time when they were horrible. There you go. Um, when the strike season happened the year the Thunder went to the finals, like, they started on Christmas Day. And maybe it was just because it was a strike season. Like, this would obviously be a different reality and a different scenario. Maybe the excitement wouldn't be there. But the excitement was so, like, it felt so big. It felt bigger than just, like, because well, college football game, was over at that point. Yeah, it Besides felt the bigger than game one being played on. Because back then, like, I feel like the season started like at or around Halloween, like the day before or the day of Halloween was always when the NBA would start. Sure. Now they start like in the middle of October. Right. But yeah, like you don't have college football to deal with. You might have like a bowl game that you may want to start watching, but then once you start watching it, you turn it off. Tulane to, versus Southern Miss. Fresno State or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. You don't have college football or the NFL to deal with. And you basically, once you're like, you're getting your feet wet as like an 82 game season, you're finishing up football and then it's all on you from then from that point on. Right. And then also, I just want there to be a scenario where the um, NBA is playing on July 4th. And I don't, if you move up the schedule two months, you are, I don't know, like you're probably in the playoffs, but that day you play on July 4th, you play with the ABA ball. I've wanted that forever. That's always been my big, like start on Christmas, ABA ball on July 4th. That'd be cool. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think it's, I think that we might accidentally have basketball always starting on this and on Christmas after this, because like I said, the big argument has always been less people watch TV, less people watch TV, less people watch TV in the summers because they're traveling, yada, yada, yada. Fine. They would be the only show in town. They'd be the only show in town, and the NBA like prides itself on being progressive, and they understand like their ratings have dropped the last two seasons. Yeah. But then they'll tell you, well, people are watching it on their phones. Well, even if people are traveling, they're going to have their phones in their hands. Yeah. So as long as you're not physically driving the car, if you're sitting in the car during an NBA game, you're probably on Twitter watching it. Right. Because there's nothing else on. Right. Yeah, I don't... So I, I just never quite understood that. So if a bigger overall number of people are watching in the fall fine i think a larger percentage of people would be watching in the spring it has to be players scouts coaches everybody involved they just have to it must be that they just enjoy having their summer. ryan rosillo always says that the biggest reason is because the front offices want vacation during the summer yeah, and it makes like that sense. is the and it makes sense. Like these does it? Well, these players have kids. Like the front office executives, all these people have families. You want to be able to take your kids on vacation during. So nice go to your days. kids' football game instead of traveling to Denver to pl- play the Nuggets. Going to Tuscany. Like you would, like parents. Like I, I don't know that. A lot of people work during the f- summer. <laughs> I, me yeah. being one of them. Um, and I don't know that that holds a whole lot of water. You would still have three months off during an entire football season for your kids or a softball season or whatever sport they're playing in the fall, like you could be a little bit more active in their actual life. Well, but, would a, would, And maybe the families could travel yeah. with the people now yeah. during the season or the playoffs. Well, would the compromise be, okay, like we'll start on Christmas Day, but you got to shorten the season like pretty significantly. Like we're I don't think the owners would go for that. So you basically just play 82 games from Christmas Day on, like same same amount of time between back to backs, like like just basically you're moving. If you're asking me what I think they should do, I think they should take regular season games out, just like baseball should go from 162 to like 40. There's too many. There's too many fucking. Baseball. Yeah, I'm saying, but I think they should take games out because yep. I think that would solve a lot of their issues. Do I think they will take games out? No, not chance. Not chance. I just I don't see how you can take I, games I, away. I see like the the pragmatic view of it. 
I just don't see how you have like so many decades of history and it's a sport that, you know, basketball fans don't like to pretend they like to pretend that they're not baseball fans or baseball media because baseball stats, it's like a funny little category. Basketball has become pretty baseball-y in that regard. We've got stats for weird ass shit now. Oh yeah. And yeah. if you take away I was looking at Vorp today, so Yeah, there you go. Value over replacement player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um you take away ten, twelve 15 games you are just saying that was everything that happened before is one era and oh, it's like when era. they moved the three-point line in for three years i mean it's just like that whole three years you just got to toss it out because the three-point line was in you know what steve kerr shot the year that they moved it in when 50 uh, percent 52 percent 52 God. yeah <laughs> that's michael shot 40 what michael shot 40 yeah that's why Dwayne. That's another reason why Dwayne Wade is just like Michael Jordan. <laughs> they don't like the three point. Don't like it. He shot thirty two percent for his career. Shot forty percent the two years that they moved it in. That's incredible. Yeah. Anything else before we get you out of here? I don't think so. Wear a mask when you go to the grocery store. It's not that hard. Yeah, wear a mask when you go to the grocery store. Wash your hands. Um, be healthy. Like be healthy. Like don't. Don't uh, you know? Kick back from the Popeyes and the Taco Bell. No, oh, dude, for real. Get get up on some veggies. Get some of the nutrients into your body because this is a virus. It's attacking immune systems. It's attacking respiratory systems. So get you some vitamin D, vitamin C, some zinc. Just do all the things you can. Be all the normal bit, stuff. A little bit man. healthier. Well, I appreciate it, man. It's been a long time. It's been I, fun. Know, I know. Uh, hopefully, like, 23rd is uh, opening up, like, on June. For, like, a lot of stuff around here is opening up on June 1st. Um, I know one restaurant they have a sign out that says their dining room's open. So hopefully if there's no big snag, the press could probably open up. Yeah. Truthfully, I know this is uh, right here at the tail end. I don't know how long we've been talking. I seriously think I'm just going to keep going. I think I like quarantine better. You just don't want to go outside. Anymore? I just think I like, I just like, I like being able to tell people, Oh, sorry, I can't do that. I could, I had to stay at that's, home. I mean, that's true. I, I have used it as an excuse before. Yeah. Already. Is, here's what I will say is that there's a segment of the population like me who think that we're all going to get through this and everything's going to be okay and everything needs to open up so we can make some money and also can fully admit I don't need to go anywhere once I get like once it's okay for me to go anywhere I don't need to go to a bar like I'll be okay at my house so uh, I'll probably be one of those people who keep kind of quarantined until I have till I just don't have to anymore. I think yeah I think most of it is just I want there to be people out doing something because it makes me feel like I have the opportunity I have the opportunity to go to a bar but I'm not going to <laughs> yeah I just, I just like that american feeling of i have the ability to go do that if i feel like it but i'm just gonna stay home and watch netflix yeah see like that doesn't bother me at all that like i can't i couldn't go to a bar i was just like okay so i just drink at home okay i'll watch dave on hulu it's fine like whatevs like got the dave plug maybe i'm just too i just don't think that way just doesn't well bother. you're also hashtag married so you've got someone there to now my wife is going stir crazy <laughs> i am like 10 out of 10 okay my wife is going stir crazy is she not doing any of those Zoom? But she works from home. At least every day I go to the station for three hours and yep. then come back. Is she not doing any of those Zoom meetings with her friends, getting like day drunk or whatever on a Saturday? No. <laughs> no. No. Not doing any of that. But yeah, so she is going stir crazy. She needs the quarantine day, and I'm, I think I'm just going to do it forever. Yeah. I think I'm just going to keep quarantining until I die. Just tell them that on Monday when you have to go to Lucky Star. It's like, ah, I don't want to go there. Yeah, that's true. So, that's but true. pay me. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the OKC82 podcast. Jism, thanks for coming over. It's good to see you. Uh, everybody, thank you for listening. We've got basketball coming up hopefully sometime soon, so uh, stay tuned. Hope, hope I can continue to do my job. But until next time, we will talk to you later.